What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Rhythms Podcast. My name is Spencer Lohman, and I am the pastor of vision and teaching at United City in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I cannot believe that this is episode 12 of the Rhythms Podcast. What started out as a mere idea back in the summer in the middle of COVID-19 to have conversations about spiritual disciplines and practices and rhythms has now made its way deep into December in the Advent season. And this is now episode 12. And we're thankful for those of you who have joined each week to listen Uh, to these different talks around spiritual practices and disciplines that anchor us in the way of Jesus. We deeply feel like in this time of upheaval and challenge and um, the unknowns that are around us, that we need to be very diligent as followers of the way of Jesus to be resilient disciples and to create spaces that anchor us, practices that shape us and form us in the way of Jesus. And as you all know, we are in the middle of the Advent season. We've been talking about Advent over the last couple of weeks. We just had the third Sunday of Advent pass us by this past weekend. And just as a refresher, Advent is the beginning of the year in the church calendar. It is a time where we intentionally walk slowly from the darkness and into the light the light of Christ coming into the world on Christmas Day. Uh, Many of you will look in your Bible, and in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, oftentimes, there is a blank page. And that blank page symbolizes, in my opinion, Advent. It represents a 400-year period of silence and of darkness until on one beautiful night, Jesus, Emmanuel, The Christ enters into the story. The writer puts himself in this story as the main character. And this past week, we uh, sat in and pressed into the theme of joy. The first week of Advent was centered around hope. The second week of Advent centered around love. And this past week centered around joy. Now, if you have uh, lit an Advent wreath candle over the last few weeks, you may have noticed in some traditions or even in your own home as you have participated in lighting an Advent wreath that the third week of Advent, the third candle, is pink and oftentimes the other candles are purple. Uh, That is because Advent typically is a season of penance. It's a season of reflection and oftentimes fasting, uh, very similar to the Lenten season that uh, precedes Easter. But in, in this time, Joy is kind of a pause in the middle of the penance to be able to celebrate and to acknowledge the joy that Christ has brought into the world and that he will bring to ultimate completion one day. And so I continue to urge you, friends and family, to walk slowly through this Advent season, to move intentionally and having a greater awareness of your heart, your soul, and your mind and where you are, as well as the reality of the darkness of the world, and very soon we will find ourselves on Christmas Day. But today we are going to talk about joy, the joy that Christ brings by entering into the world. Joy is seen all through the scriptures. It is a word in the New Testament that is translated from the Greek word kara, and we just see it very consistently used Uh, And I want to be very clear in distinguishing the difference 
between joy and happiness. Very rarely do we see the English word happiness used in the New Testament. Uh, Primarily, we see the word blessed used as a translation for happiness, but we most often see this word joy um, in this semantic um, collection of words. They are all intertwined and similar and all the same. But in our um, modern-day vernacular, we have to distinguish between the difference between happiness and joy. First and foremost, happiness comes and goes. Happiness is fleeting. It comes and goes. Joy doesn't have to. Happiness is one of the six basic emotions or feelings that typically come from an external source. Whereas joy is an attitude of the heart. It's a disposition of the soul. It's a state of being that we choose to operate in. It is an attitude that we intentionally choose with our own consciousness. I saw this quote earlier today that I thought was really good, that joy is an attitude or a belief which soothes even in the most sorrowful of situations. Joy comes from within. It is an internal view. Joy in the biblical context is not an emotion. It is based on something positive happening in life, but is an atti- it is not based on something happening in life, but is an attitude of the heart or spirit. Joy, first and foremost, requires a connection. It requires a source. Joy is like choosing to plug a lamp in, and the light that the lamp brings might produce happiness, but it is choosing to plug the lamp in that is joy. We choose joy. Joy is the source, and joy really is rooted in hope and is produced out of hope because of who Christ is. When we look at the um, Luke 2 story, we see a very famous passage of Scripture that all of us have heard over and over and over again, but I want to read it to you today. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Now there's a lot in this passage that we could unpack. But first and foremost, we have to understand that the gospel or the euangelion the proclamation of the kingdom of God and Christ as king is a cause for great joy. The end result of the gospel and what God is doing in the world produces an eternal and internal joy. And we see here that the shepherds are in a state of being terrified by the glory of the Lord, but will eventually move into a posture of joy because of this good news or this gospel. In Paul's writings in the New Testament, he has kind of the uh, crescendo uh, around joy in Philippians chapter 4, 
where Paul urges the church in Philippi to rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, if we connect that with the Luke 2 passage, we recognize that joy is produced out of nearness to the Lord. It is produced out of intimacy and union with the Lord. Because in Luke chapter 2, we see that the final verse that we read in verse 11, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The Lord is Emmanuel. He is with us. And it is a cause for great joy. This proclamation or an uh, announcement by these angels creates a great joy. But the reality is, is that joy, as mentioned before, is something we choose in the midst of the dark world that we live in. We are in Advent, and we realize that there is challenges and darkness all around us. And that 2020 has been a bear for many of us. In fact, even the Christmas season for a lot of you is a, an emotional roller coaster where there are all types of emotions. But the fact of the matter is that in sorrow, happiness will not exist. But in sorrow, we can choose joy. In a time of grieving and lamenting, we choose joy. Joy is a disposition and an attitude of the heart. It means gladness. It means to delight. We think about Eden, the Garden of Eden. Eden means delight. And what we are moving towards as the people of God, what the mission of God is seeking after is um, going to result in joy. That will be the result of God's work, that when this great restoration project is complete, there will be nothing but great joy. Henry Nouwen, the um, wonderful mid-20th century theologian, psychologist, priest, and academic at Yale, as well as Harvard, has this great quote to say about the practice of joy, which it is that. It is a practice. It's not an emotion or feeling. It is a practice, something that we have to grow in and choose. He says, joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day. Joy is not the same as happiness. We can be unhappy about many things, but joy can still be there because it comes from the knowledge of God's love for us. We are inclined to think that when we are sad, we cannot be glad, but in the life of a God-centered person, sorrow and joy can exist together. Jesus, speaking to his disciples in John fifteen eleven, says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus is imparting his joy to us and he is bringing it to completion. The question is, how? And he answers that in verses 9 and 10 of John 15, where he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain, there's the idea of nearness once again, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. To choose joy is to remain in his love. 
That is the bridge to joy. When we remain in his love, when we abide in him, when we are near to him, when we practice the way of Jesus, when we commune with him, it will produce joy. Richard Foster actually makes the statement, joy is the keynote of all the disciplines. Of all the spiritual disciplines and practices, Richard Foster says that joy is the keynote of all the disciplines. Joy is something that we must put into the rhythm of our life, to choose it, to intentionally smile when things are challenging and tough. I'm going to close with this question from Rich Velotis, a pastor in New York City. A question for you to ponder. What if, at the end of history, the question God asks us is not whether we abstained from sin? What if the question is, did you enter the joy that was available to you? How about you today, my friend? In the middle of 2020, in the Advent season, Have you entered into the joy that was available to you? In the midst of sorrow and grief and lamenting, have you chosen joy, this attitude of the heart, of gladness, of thanksgiving? Think about that question today and in the middle of this Advent season. Grace and peace to you.